his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Good evening and welcome to the week six edition of the Lake Urgent Care, Lake After Hours, Louisiana Prep School Board Show. Kate Wazan, Todd Black, and Jimmy Roy with our cast of thousands. Ryan Kennedy, Taylor Sharp, Skip Couture helping us gather our scores and report them to you. You'll hear them in just a bit. We'll highlight a couple of games in each region throughout the nights on the radio, and a full scoreboard is available at our scoreboard ticker. It's uh, scrolling along the bottom of the screen if you're watching on the 104.5 ESPN YouTube channel, as well as your view. We welcome in both audiences tonight. A nice, clean 10 o'clock start. That's what I like. And we appreciate everyone uh, tuning in tonight. If you are watching on your view, you saw your game go final a little earlier with St. Charles. The Comets getting the win over the Wildcats of Abbeville 29-13. On the radio, it was the Catholic High Bears with an easy win over Liberty tonight, 58-21. So I welcome in uh, my co-hosts uh, tonight before we get to our first scoreboard. Lots to get to. A couple of scores I wrote down. I know we kind of talked about them on the radio side, so we're now adding our TV audience, uh, the ones I jotted down, Turlings Catholic, Westgate, Carol Wassman, Riverside St. Martins, but there's a ton to get to tonight. Not so much maybe some that surprise you as far as the outcome, but some in the margin of which the victory uh, was. And part of that, in some cases, you're looking at some teams that are that are just outmatched as they enter district play, and some of them maybe just surprising you know, like, uh, say, John Curtis and Rummel. Um, not, not to say that John Curtis can't beat Rummel, but I didn't think they'd shut him out. No, two four-and-one teams. Uh, John Curtis wins 36 to nothing. I, I wouldn't have surprised me the team won this game, but the margin of victory was was pretty good. Didn't I didn't expect that. Turlings with the big win over Westgate tonight, 30-22. to 22, Both teams undefeated, and that one snaps a 13-game winning streak for the defending state champs, Westgate. The rivalry of, of rivalries right down the road from uh, from us here in downtown Baton Rouge. East Ascension, 28-7, to win over Santa A result that probably, I mean, doesn't seem um, like something that wasn't uh, likely, but something you pinpointed in the pregame show is a must-win. Must-win. I thought coming it was. one and four. Yeah, they're one and four coming in. Uh, I think they were a 23 in the power ratings yeah. this week, which is okay, but – you know, their schedule was saving them and it hurting them at the same time because they weren't getting the, opponent's the wins, wins at one and four, but they were getting the opponent's wins and their schedule has just been absolutely brutal. When you look at their only win coming into tonight was EA over West Monroe. Uh, but you've played Destrahan, you've played Zachary, you've played West Monroe, you've played De La Salle, you've played Ash. So their schedule's been brutal, a little, little too hard if you ask me. But – I thought it was a must-win for Coach Lee and, and the Spartans, and they got it. Staying in Baton Rouge, do you think, and it was, again, we'll break down some of these games in a little more detail later, but do you think Dutchdown has hit a stride offensively that's got them playing well at the right time? When you're turning a corner from week five to six, you're entering district play, and you're playing some of your best ball. That's a really good thing. Well, 
They started 0-2 against two teams that they probably, if you ask Coach Mastretta today, he'll probably tell you they should have won those games or, or that they had the better team. Then they go to Covington where they haven't scored any points hardly all year long, and they beat a good Covington team, which a game maybe they should have lost. And then they had a bye week. They got a few chances to work on some things, and Todd's talked about maybe the offensive lines got a lot better. We knew their defense was going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um they were able to run the football for 400 and something yards last night against Walker and, and come away with a 27 and nothing win. So, yeah, they, they've turned the corner, I would say. You know, the thing is, the size of these guys are, are so big, and they've been pulling them. I mean, you're talking about guys that are 6'4", 315, um, 6'2", 270, all, you know, pulling left and right, and they're doing a really good job of it. And, you know, it seems like they simplified their schemes. Maybe they may may not have, I don't know, but by looking, you know, you've got to step correctly on the offensive line or you're going to get beat. And that's the first thing that I noticed when I watched their line is how they're stepping down and how they're washing people out. And, um, you know, so if uh, we could pull this up just real quick. With guys that size, how many times do you think you'd have heard me say over the headset, (laughs) run counter, run counter, get two of the big guys pulling. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Taylor, Taylor, I got this graphic I want to pull up as uh, we look into how Dutchtown has been able to make that transition. And look, while this is important, this is any line across the state. They don't never get you know the credit that they do, but you can see you went from uh, they had 26 rushes for 91 yards against North Shore and lost 13 nothing. George Washington Carver they rushed for 430 yards, 10 yards a carry. And last night with Walker, they had 52 uh, carries for 265 yards. But, Jimmy, the key there is they opened the first half with a uh, 13-play, 79-yard drive for a touchdown. And they opened the second half with a – meaning their first drive with a 12-play, 83-yard drive. And when you can do that, especially coming right out, you know, it's a big deal. And and here's the size of these guys. You got Wayne McKinney. Uh, Christian Goto, Gotro, uh, Chase Cangelosi, Hunter Lowry, Ethan Fields, who's a commit to Purdue, and then Dylan DeSherry. Those are some big kids. And when once they start moving, it's going to be tough to stop them. And then I think, uh, uh, let's see, Joseph Venus is the, the coach. He came over from Lutcher. He was a player at Lutcher in 2011. We may have coached against him. Obviously. <laughs> Look, I, I, I want I want Dutchtown to, to be as successful as the next guy, but in no point, I don't think we can honor the entire offensive line as our student athletes of the week. I don't know if, if, if Walk ons is ready for that. That's he's a he's a heck of a guy, a heck of a bunch to to take care of. But man, look, it shows you everything comes down to the guys up front. Those first two weeks, they averaged three and a half points a game. I mean they scored seven points total that was a, in their yeah. first two weeks. So And we, since then they've averaged thirty three. We had a little video. I don't know if we're able to pull that up either. But, you know, it was just uh, – I think with an offensive line is an offensive line. I know happened to be watching this right there, so that's why we're highlighting them. And also, let's give some credit again. We did it on the radio segment a little while ago. Pearson brought the quarterback. He mm-hmm. uh, was a starter last year, Cade. Basically, he was asked to move to a slot receiver, moved him to the, a returning starting quarterback to the third-string quarterback. Now they're – Starting quarterback gets injured last week. Their backups to Southmore. Coach Mastrade opts to go this week with the with Perrant back at you know with his senior leadership and ability and experience, which I fully get. 
And here this kid never hung his hat, never pouted, just basically said, what do you need me to do, Coach? I'm willing to do it. And, and they Todd were, they said were he effective. Can, and Todd said he can snap a football further than he can throw it. I'm just saying. And <laughs> he snaps it about 84 yards. He's, you know, that's the thing about he's, it. He's committed to Tulane, right? I believe so, yeah. And he's also a good baseball player. But, right. uh, you know, it's always tough in, in those situations. And, you know, you just got to kind of lean on a senior sometimes. And, hey, if you can run the ball effectively, equally as passing the ball effectively, I'm going to take running the ball. I just think that it's, uh, you know, it's just going to grind it out. And uh, ultimately, you can control the game that way. Well, here's my thought on running the football versus passing. Now, passing, you're going to hit bigger plays, so they're going to – you can argue it, but if my best players are a running back, I guarantee you I can put it in his hands 20, 30, 40 times if I have to, where if you're catching the football as a receiver in high school and you have five catches, then – You've had a big night. Now they're going to say, "Well, those five catches may be a hundred yards, where and those thirty carries may be a hundred yards." So, yeah, the big play will come off of the passing game, but you're not guaranteed that he's going to catch those five. Where I I can guarantee you he's going to touch it thirty times if I need to as a running back. Lots of football to get to tonight, but we will get you caught up first on some regional action, and we'll start first with scores from the capital city. The Capital City Scoreboard, cared for by Lake Urgent Care, Lake After Hours. Berwick and Donaldsonville still in action. Catholic High over Liberty, 58-21. Denham Springs shuts out Live Oak, 33-0. Blackman, 43, Brulee, 14. Scotlandville over Central, 53-27. East Ascension, 28, Santa Mall, 7. Dutchtown blinks Walker, 27-0. And Woodlawn, 33 33- uh, Zachary, 33, Woodlawn, 6. The Acadiana scoreboard, pumped by peak performance. St. Charles over Abbeville, 29-13. Sulphur, a point better than Barb, 29-28. St. James, 46, Lake Charles College Prep, 27. Turlings, 30, Westgate, 22. Notre Dame, 63, Lake Arthur, 14. Catholic New Iberia, 20. Ascension Episcopal, 17. Voiles, 68. Oakdale, 34. And St. Edmund and North Central still in action. The New Orleans Bayou scoreboard, served by walk-ons. John Curtis blanks Rommel, 36-0. Newman over Bell Chase, 23-20. East Jefferson and Shalmed still in action. Hanville, 49. Thibodeau, 20. Brother Martin in a close one, 7-3 over Jesuit. Riverside, 35, St. Martin, 7. H.L. Bourgeois and East St. John still in action. And Shaw, 41, L.B. Landry, 14. The North and Central Louisiana scoreboard, insured by State Farm. Rustin, 48, Alexandria, 23. Haynesville over Oak Grove, 28-21. Calvary, 56, North Caddo, 26, Washita 69, West Washita 7, Union Parish, 56, North Webster, 26, Carroll, 26, Waspin, 18, Gina, Oliver, Marksville, 42 to 6, and Franklin Parish, 42, Grant, 20. The 
the North Shore Scoreboard. Restored by Brock, the Baton Rouge Orthopedic Clinic. Bogus uh, defeats Amy 20-14. Covington over St. Paul 37-14. Salmon and Lakeshore is still in action. Jules Sumner 41, Slaughter 30. Hannon and Franklinton still in action. Ponchatoula and Mandeville still late in action. Slidell 32, Hammond 21, and North Lake Christian 42, Springfield 0. Welcome back to the week six edition of the Lake Herjikara Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep School Board Show. You're not but maybe five or ten minutes away from another full school board. You can always catch scores on the bottom of the screen, our full scoreboard week six scoreboard ticker. If you're watching on 104.5 ESPN's YouTube channel or over in uh, your view, you can catch that throughout the night. We update that constantly and also follow us on Twitter at Louisiana Prep. We'll jump back on the Cardinal Financial Hotline. And we are joined by a victorious Dane Chaponche from Turlings Catholic. They get the win over Westgate tonight, 30-22. to Coach, congratulations on the win. Thanks so much for a couple minutes with us tonight. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you all for having me. Coach, great start tonight. Jumped out to a big lead, 24-7. to I got uh, David Dugas was texting me with six minutes left in the third. Uh, Westgate made a late run, but you guys held on, fought their butts off. I had an official who called the game, one of them. I don't know which position he calls, but said it was just one heck of a battle tonight. Yeah, it was a very physical game. Shout out to Westgate. They, they had a lot of fight in them at the end of the game. You know, they got they got championship DNA you know, on that team. And uh, it showed at the end of the game, they made a run at us. Really proud of our kids, happy for our kids. Really, uh, they competed well in the game and made enough plays to win against a, the elite opponent. Coach, when I, when I kind of look at the storyline of the game, uh, it like, looks like that both of you guys had pretty good drives and I can't tell you if they were big plays or not, but it seemed like they were long drives that uh, y'all kind of went back and forth early on. Yeah, we, we really played well on offense. We just didn't uh, we didn't really punctuate a lot of drives that we had. I think we only had one punt during the game, but we just finished too many drives with field goals. You know, I think he made three and missed one, if I'm not mistaken, which ended up really being a difference in the ball game. So, uh you know, we got to find a way to finish drive a little bit better, but a lot of that had to do with them, man. They got so much speed on the field. Uh, they, they do a great job of really taking away a lot of plays that you want to hit. We're going to get to the offense that everybody knows about, Coach, but I think the difference in your team this year than in the past years is your defense has been a lot better this season. You had four interceptions last week. You're allowing 12.4 going into tonight. They've played really well on that side of the ball. Yeah, they play with great intensity. You know, we, we, we undersized in a lot of positions. Westgate was huge on the offensive line. And our kids fought, man. They fought through a lot of adversity. And, uh, you know, we, we try to win with speed on defense. And I, we, we almost didn't have enough tonight. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, we made enough plays to win the ball game. Really, really excited to get out of there with a W. Two, two stars that we've been hearing about. Your quarterback, Preston Welch, if I'm not mistaken, this is – Third year starting, uh, and Kendrell Prejean, one of the top receivers in the state, statistic-wise, 22 catches, 629 coming into the night. And the one thing that stick jumps out to me is not Preston's passing yards, but his touchdowns to interceptions coming into the night, 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions. He's been taking care of the football for you. Yeah, and that's really the that's really the difference on, on our team. You know, uh, we we don't we're not giving the other team gifts. 
And, you know, whenever you do that, you give yourself a chance to win the ball game. But, you know, KP, you know, Kid Trump plays always a special player. And uh, shout out to him. I think he, you know, they came into the game trying to play one high man to man. And I think he pretty much single handedly took them out of that defense because they couldn't cover him. And so they had to get into a two high look. And then we had a really good night running the football against the two high look. Shout out to our offensive line. Robbie Richard, our offensive line coach, sitting next to me. We've taken some lumps over the past few weeks, but tonight they showed up and really played their tails off. You know, I'm sitting here looking at your schedule, and you got an interesting schedule because it's a lot of good teams, but good teams that can sneak up people on people. Opelousas, you got Avoyles. St. Charles Catholic's not going to sneak up on anybody, nor is Notre Dame or Bro Bridge. But the first two are <laughs> Avoyles is a really good offensive team, and Opelousas has proven the last two years they're getting better too. So you've had some challenges getting here, so you have to be happy with what your team has done for six six weeks. You just got to continue to play hard and have good special teams. And, look, we do it one week at a time, try to answer the bell one week at a time, and couldn't be more proud of the kids, the way they've handled the season so far. But – we ain't set out to win six games. We set out to win them all. So we're going to try to finish strong. Well, Coach, it's, uh, it's a big win tonight. Uh, didn't surprise me at all. I know it's going to surprise a lot of people, but the way Tarlington's has played this year, I thought the tougher they've played a much tougher schedule than what Westgate has, and I think that's paid off tonight. And a uh, huge win. Congratulations. And like you say, go 1-0 next week. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good night. Thank you, Coach. All right. Later. Later. On the bus ride back, that's and gonna look, be a fun bus ride. He's happy right now. You can tell. You can tell him in the tone, guy, in, in right the tone of his voice. Him. Yeah, and, and you know that's one thing that they have been struggling. If there has, if there has been a weak point for Tarlington, it has been running the football. But tonight they got it going. And you know, Jimmy, it seems like over the last couple of years they've started off always good, but when they would get to that team that has that champion pedigree, well, they would kind of fall short. And I think. When you look at the Notre Dame, she's beaten in the win tonight. I think you can kind of tell it's trying to get over that right. hump. You right. Know? You could you could you could tell it. Not that they beat Notre Dame, but the way that they beat Notre Dame. I mean, they beat them convincingly, and you just don't do that to a Louis Cook type team. And you know, in the past, they've may have overscheduled. They've played Rumble. I mean, they've played big teams and. When you look at the schedule before the season, you're looking at, okay, Opelousas and Avalls, what's he doing? Yep. Well, Opelousas is 4-1 and one going into it tonight. Avalls is a team who's unique, who doesn't punt. They kick onside kicks every time, and it bit them against Sterling's, obviously, because yep. they gave them some short fields early in the game, but they blew those guys out. Uh, they're just playing as well as anyone in the state right now. So explain to me, um, the theme tonight overridingly has been offensive line, offensive line. When he talked about, look, the other side is bigger than us. We're trying to catch him with speed. We had success running the football. You know, how are you able to have success as an offense running against the opposing team when they have the size advantage? Leverage. That's the one thing that is the funnest thing about coaching offensive line. A smaller guy can beat a bigger guy if they have better technique. And that is exactly, you know, you're going to teach uh, Notre Dame is a perfect example, but you don't have to be the biggest guy to be the best lineman. You just got to understand where your strength is, and it's in it's in your abs and your butt and your lower, you know, or upper legs. And mm-hmm. uh, if you don't understand that, you're going to struggle. But if you do. The old low man wins. Low, inside, low man wins. Inside beats outside and low beats high. And I always would tell my guys, play under your opponent's face mask. 
So if they are, they, they're in a good spot. And, uh, you know, some of that video, if we have the opportunity to get to, yeah. you'll see where, you know, Dutchtown has started to do a, a really good job of that. But that's really, you know, all across the state, Jimmy, you see a lot of good running backs having a lot of good uh, experience or and, good, and good in, seasons. And with Tarlins being small, and I don't know what they're doing defensively. I know they're more of an attacking style right now. Mm-hmm. So you're playing gap control, right? You're, you're shooting gaps and things like that instead of trying to – stand a man up, man on man, and and beating him. So you have to, like Ken Hill says, you got to mow your own grass. you got to do your job and make sure that every gap's covered. You get two guys in one gap right. instead of a guy in each gap, that's the difference in a touchdown. And it's discipline because sometimes right. they're going to be asked to maybe shoot the gap, other times they're not. And, you know, here's – watch uh, – they'll come back to another play, the pulling lineman coming this way. And this is really a good block by the lead guard as he has to get him. down. Yeah. And then uh, Big 77, Ethan Fields with the block. And then, uh, you know, that's uh, Ethan Oakwin with the uh, run down the sideline last week against George Washington Carver. So now he goes the other way with 74. it. 74. Yep. There's a kick. Boom. Back gets up in there. Gary Dukes. And he gets in. And it's really just some good blocking there. You see uh, – Dylan DeSherry out here at 83. He's a 6'4", 220 tight end. Uh, they're running power here, and uh, it's good. You know, look at their hats. They're, they've got low hats. Their backs are flat. Look at the drive. I mean, it's just sealing all everything to the left. You make a block like that, if you're a running back, you make one guy miss, you can almost take it to the house. Well, you'd like to smack Gary here because he needs to stay on the hip of the guard and stay with him and go up. Don't go away from him. Because uh, those big linemen are there for a reason. <laughs> they yeah, he went away from his butt on that. Yep. One. So there's a power again, and and uh, you know he gets another six or seven yards. But their running game has been really good, and uh, you can see Pearson back there at uh, quarterback. I like it when they pull both of those guys. I know. I, I love we it. We do. We, we like <laughs> I it. I love it. And, and they sometimes they'll switch it up and they pull the tight end with the guard. You know. So, right. uh, but either way, they're going to get six four two fifty coming around them. You know, and those guys can move like that, boy. and that wears on you as yes. the games go on. Those four and five yard plays become fifteen, and then twenty, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's sixty. Yep. He's Coach Todd Black, along with Jimmy Roy, Cade Wazin here on the Week Six edition of the Lake Urgent Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep Scoreboard Show. We we'll get you caught up with uh, a couple of more scores. We'll be speaking to many more coaches tonight and uh, breaking down some of the best games from each region here in uh, just a bit. Well, we'll take a timeout, and we'll go to a break, and when we get back, we'll get you caught up on a full scoreboard here on this Week 6 edition of the Lake Urge Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep Scoreboard Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge in your view. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to have East Ascension head football coach Darnell Lee join us, talk about his win over Cinema, but we'll get you caught up on a couple of regional matchups, and we'll start first in the capital city. The Capital City Scoreboard, cared for by Lake Urgent Care, Lake After Hours. Berwick at 33-12, winner over Donaldsonville. Catholic High at 58, Liberty 21. Denham Springs shuts out Live Oak, 33-0. Blackman 43, Burley 14. Scotlandville 53, Central 27. East Ascension at 28-7, winner over Sanimal. Dutchtown blanks Walker, 27-0. And Zachary, 33, Woodlawn, 6. The Acadiana scoreboard, pumped by peak performance. St. Charles of Abbeville, 29-13. 
Sulphur, a point better than Barb, 29-28. St. James, 46. Lake Charles College Prep, 27. Turlings, 30. Westgate, 22. Notre Dame, a 63-14 win over Lake Author. Catholic New Iberia, a field goal better than Ascension Episcopal, 20-17. The Boyles, 68. Oakdale, 34. And St. Edmund, 49. North Central, 8. The New Orleans Bayou Scoreboard, served by walk-ons. John Curtis shuts out Rommel, 36-0. Newman over Belchase, 23-20. Chalmette, a 37-34 winner over East Jeff. Hanville, 49. Thibodeau, 20. Brother Martin, 7. Jesuit, 3. Riverside, 35. St. Martin, 7. East St. John, Oliver H.L. Bourgeois, 59-7. And Shaw, 41. L.B. Landry, 14. The North and Central Louisiana Scoreboard, insured by State Farm. Ruston over Alexandria, 48-23. Haynesville, 28. Oak Grove, 21. Calvary, 56. North Caddo, 26. Washita, 69. West Washita, 7. Union Parish, 56. North Webster, 26. Carroll over Wasman, 26-18. And Gina, Gina, 42. Marksville, 6. Franklin Parish, 42, Grant, 20. The North Shore Scoreboard, restored by Brock, the Baton Rouge Orthopedic Clinic. Toulouse over Amy, 20-14. Covington over St. Paul, 37-14. Lakeshore defeats Salmon, 35-26. Jules Sumner, 41. Slaughter, 30. Franklinton, 42. Archbishop Hannon, 14. Pontitula, 22-21. Winner over Mandeville. Slidell 32, Hammond 21, North Lake Christian 42, Springfield 0. Thanks so much to Skip gathering our scores tonight and sending them out on Twitter at Louisiana Prep. If you're looking for a full scoreboard, you can get it there. Or if you're watching us on the 145 ESPN YouTube channel or on your view, you will see that full statewide scoreboard on our scoreboard ticker at the bottom of the screen, scrolling throughout the entire show tonight. A reminder that we are outfitted by BSN Sports. They are the best supply network in sports. These nice red polos with the uh, cool Louisiana Prep Scoreboard logo on the sleeve and ESPN Baton Rouge um, stamp here, but also... Some new gear, too. New gear today. We are ready for the fall in what is one of the, the best quarter zips most comfortable quarter zips you can you can get we got a white we're gonna uh bring up here for the uh the all white night rumor has it you're wearing tidy white pants that night <laughs> i can't confirm or deny these rumors <laughs> i have jeans oh boy, boy, boy. but look scott and the crew like they not, they take care of us and they make us look good and we always say that they can they can do that for us they can do that for you but not only the the gear but also the equipment you need and the name brands you know and love. While we're waiting on, we're getting in touch with Coach Dornelli from East Ascension. Wait, having a little trouble right now. His phone was about to die, but we're fixing to work that Popular out. Popular man when you win that yeah, rivalry. Yeah, while we're talking about it, Baton Rouge area, Scotlandville with a big win over Central, 53-27. to 27. Uh, Coming off of a big win over Rommel last week yeah. where they stopped two-point conversion. Plaquemine moves to 6-0 and over a – Four and two, Bruley, forty-seven to fourteen. Uh, Plaquemines 
schedule has not been very tough, but they're blowing away everybody. They're averaging 43 and only allowing 10. And then Slaughter Charter loses their first one tonight, 48-30 to 30 to Jewel Sunrise. Do we have Coach Lee? Yeah. Okay, we do. All right, let's go ahead and jump on the Cardinal Financial Hotline, and we join now a victorious coach, Darnell Lee. Coach, congratulations on the win. Thanks so much for spending a couple minutes with us tonight. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Coach, before we get to the win itself, um, and, and there's a lot to talk about, can you give us an idea? We were able to watch it through uh, through the YouTube link. That looked like an incredible atmosphere, not only for your team, but for, for both teams, for that community. It looked like a great night for football out there. It is, man. It's uh, it's as close as our kids can get to uh, playing college football for those who don't go on to the next level. It's a phenomenal atmosphere. It's, uh, it's a week full of events. Uh, they, they, uh, they decorate our hallways like a swamp. So, uh, you know, on Gator Day on Friday, and, uh, you know, we had a big pep rally last night. We used to have a shout-out. We didn't do the shout-out this year. But the pep rally was great. We had a $5,600 fireworks show put on by James Andrews, man. It's, it was a special atmosphere. Did they get your house, Coach? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a, a son playing now, so they, they you know they're going to come for him. Man, I, I – I used to live right around the corner from the school, but you know, after being here seven years, went on and bought one. We on the other end. So. <laughs> That's they got great. me last year, though. I, we, my, son, my son came down last night. He, he said, "I know I'm not the only one hearing this." We heard toilet paper hitting rooftops, so we ran outside and they were hitting my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, thought it, was they probably thought it was his. That's exactly yeah, right. They must, been there, they done that. The wrong house. They hit the wrong house. Uh, Coach, uh, going into tonight, man, you're you're. Strength of schedule has been absolutely brutal. If it, you can argue it's the toughest in the state by far. First, talk about why you schedule that many good games. I, I mean, I get a couple of them, but yeah. But yeah. To, did you have to overload it because people wouldn't play you, or you just chose to do that? It's a combination of both. You know, I I love what Coach Brewer is doing over at Zachary, so you know he and I go way back, and I always try to play them week one. And uh, Marcus Scott is a good friend of mine at Hand. We played college ball together. So uh, he needed a game. I needed a game. We tagged up week three. I had Ellender as week two, and uh, they backed out. So I didn't want to – I didn't want. I wanted my seniors to play ten games. Right. And uh, last time we took a bye, and then we had Hurricane hit week one. I lost my Zachary game. and So we ended up losing two games. But, uh, so I, 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 you know, in case something happened, I at least want to give my seniors an opportunity. But – you know, Ash, I feel like, you know, that's a strong program on the rise, and I knew that'd be a good test for us. But also, I think I thought it would be a winnable test if we, we go we come out and perform, which we got a late start on that one. And De La Salle, we used to play them back when I was at EA. And, uh, you know, I just remember that tradition. I felt like if we, if we got through that, my, my ultimate goal was at worst-case worst scenario, try to get out of that first five at two and three. And we almost, I mean, we score on our last drive last week against uh, De La Salle. We give ourselves a chance. Against Ash, we opened up. We, we were down 27 nothing at halftime, made a run. Two minutes left, we had the ball down six. So we were in those games, but we just didn't play well enough to win. But, you know, I try to we try to live off the rule. No losses, just lessons. Coach, I've got two guys that I coached uh, with the Broncos that play for you. Bryson Martinez, he was nine playing up to 12. And yep. then also KJ. Yep. So yep. Two, two good kids and, yes. you know uh, – and I think you got Bryce back out on the field for the first time in a while, right? Man, Bryson, yeah, yeah. He he's starting uh, right tackle for us as a freshman, six five, two eighty. Good, Chris. Uh, 
know, KJ, KJ is at left guard. He's a junior. I mean, he squatted over 600 this year and bench right at 385, and he's, he's at 330 right now, 6'2". So he's playing left guard for us. But both of them are doing a great job, and they're great kids. Coach, where your schedule was at 1-4, and four, did you feel like tonight was a must-win? I know you can't portray that to the kids, but going into it, sitting well, at 23, you say, hey, we need this one. And I did ask them. I asked, I asked the offense, did they feel any pressure? And they said, no. I said, well, you should. <laughs> because, you know, sitting at 1-4, and four, I mean, we're at 23 and they're taking 28. You got to give yourself a chance. You know, and I remember last year talking to them. So this, this is, you know, you lose a Santa week 10. This is the reason we're playing Zachary week two of the playoffs. You know, so I'm, I'm teaching them about the power points and all that and how that works. And I know it's a little bit above the head. I just want them to understand the full picture of what we're doing so they, they understand it better. And, you know, when they understand it better, they give better effort because they know everything everything is done for a reason. You know, they take advantage of the opportunities. Coach, I think sometimes when, when we ask them, are you nervous? Do you feel pressure? And if they answer yes, they think it's a sign of weakness. It's not, man. If you're not nervous, <laughs> yep. man, I, I was always nervous. You know, my son right now, you, you find him in the restroom before every game. <laughs> you know? and yep. that's, I feel like that's a good thing. Yep. You, know, you should you should respect the game. The day you lose respect for the game, you're going to have some issues. How do you uh, how do you handle coaching your son this year, Coach? I let Coach Gaspar do it. All I do is mm-hmm. mentor him and inspire him or, or chew him up when he gets to the house for a little bit. Uh, Jay Maye told me, and I asked him, about, I got his advice on coaching his son. He said, try not to coach him at home unless he asks. Right. So we walk around the house looking at each other side-eyed, you know, <laughs> trying to avoid it. <laughs> you know, and then uh, finally square him up. His, my wife's like, don't do it. I said, why you drop the damn ball? <laughs> you know, but he's like, yeah, you give me an excuse. No excuse. We got to get this done. Hey. And we move on. That's it. Take, you know? him, take him fishing, and then oh. it's just you and him, and then y'all can have a serious talk. And when I was living in Lake Charles, we used to go fishing at the uh, at the port every night before the game, and that was very relaxing. There's salt water right there five, ten minutes away. I've seen plenty of pictures of you catching fish, so I know you're hitting the honey hole somewhere. Oh, you're a big well, TikTok guy <laughs> these days too, Coach. I know. Hey, man, that's, that's my twin brother. My name is Darnell Lee. That's Darnell Lee. <laughs> well, Coach, look, congratulations. I know it was a, a win that you really needed. You went out yes, and got sir. it against a rival. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that, but it's on to yeah. next week, and uh, hopefully y'all can get a little win streak going. Man, look, I want to give a shout-out to the EA fan base and our school and community because at 1-4, you know, people could turn on you. You know how it is. Right. You know, and they, they hung in there, and tonight they showed up and showed out, and I appreciate them. Thank you, Coach. All right, man. You know, Coach Lee is always a class act, man. Yep. Always a class act. Good guy. Uh, you pull for him. percent a minute ago, so he hustled to get us, you know, in you there. You pull for him, and then you kind of understand the schedule. Yeah. You, you, because, honestly, I thought it was too hard. Well, he had Ellender in there. That was that game where he knows he should go in there, win, get some kids some playing time, build some confidence. Right. At one and four, when you play in the teams you played and you're losing, I don't care how good you are, you're going to lose some confidence. And at some point, the confidence, having the confidence kicks in. For him to keep his guys focused enough to put that behind him and, hey, let's, it starts over tonight in district. And let's go from here forward. And he, he's doing a good job. I know. I know everybody's gonna say, "Ah, they're one and four. They're one and four. East Ascension and Saint Martinville, both coming into tonight, were one and four. They're the two best one and four teams in the state, hands down. Mm-hmm. We got David Franklin from Haynesville.
coming up next. They had a big win over Oak Grove tonight, 21-14. to We'll speak with the head coach of the Tornadoes when we get back here on this week six edition of Lake Urge Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep School Board Show, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge, and your view. Welcome back to the week six edition of the Lake Urge Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep School Board Show. Cade Wazan, Todd Black, and Jimmy Roy. Coming up in just a couple minutes, we will honor our State Farm Student Athlete of the Week. But first, we jump back on the Cardinal Financial Hotline and we join a victorious head coach from Haynesville's. From Haynesville, David Franklin, as they get the win tonight over Oak Grove. Coach, congratulations, and uh, we appreciate your time here on the scoreboard show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Coach, uh, we'd like to wish you congratulations on your 200th win, which was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that's a lot of ball games and a lot of good young lives influenced during that time, I'm sure. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, there's a lot of – a lot of other coaches and players that had something to do with that, but I do appreciate that. Just think, 500 and something between him and his dad. That's even more impressive. It is. So, Coach, i got to ask you about this uh, little series here in the uh, second quarter where you guys got a turnover, missed a field goal, got a turnover, turned it over on downs, and you had to pick six. Just kind of like you thought about it and drew it up, huh? But you know, we we were we played really well, and and you know we had a couple of turnovers that kind of fell in fell in our lap, and we never really capitalized on. Them. We actually got down to like the one foot line, and, and then kind of got a penalty there, and a few things didn't didn't go our way, and we didn't score there, and then actually got another another um, turnover later on. But our kids played really hard, you know, and when when you play hard, good things happen. But we just never did really capitalize on some of those turnovers. But uh, you know. It, it was a really good ball game all the way around. Coach, you still running wing tee? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I, okay I, I, don't know, I don't know what they're they're not holding up there into the deal because they're trying to they're in shotgun and all that <laughs> stuff. So I don't know what what they got going on. <laughs> well, I, I saw just looking at some of the stats. You look at Alonzo Jackson, Toby Franklin, Jacarius Turner, all having successful years. All of their stats are basically what and what. I mean, they're very comparable. Obviously, not exact, but those three carrying the load for you. They're all doing a good job, but the thing about it is it's a starting safety, starting uh, inside linebacker, and starting outside linebacker. So not only are they having to do it uh, and on the offensive side, they're, they're playing defense and uh, a lot of special teams too. So uh, special kids, good kids. Coach, in a way, what would you say the percentage is of every team, just roughly guessing, that goes both ways like that? Well, I don't even know what 1A is anymore. We've got division <laughs> this, class 1A, class 2A. Um, I don't, you know, I, who knows? Depends on what the LHSA decides to do to us at this point. But uh, uh, tonight, you know, um, we had a, about eight or nine going both ways. But then you you got these upper guys that, you know, that just came into our, I guess, division like Oak Grove. They don't have anybody that goes both ways. And they got, you know, they got almost 300 kids in school as opposed to our 150. So, um, the normal 1A, you know, there's there's probably 80%, you know, has kids going both ways. Normal 1A. So I was just going to follow that up with uh, that over the years, though, I mean, this is something I, I would imagine a younger coach would have a difficulty learning how to practice with 1A. You have the way the experience, you're the exception. But trying to do that with uh, – learning how to coach, getting into 1A, I think would make it very I, difficult. I, I agree, Todd. I, and I think the biggest the biggest thing now is practice plan and, and keeping them fresh. Well, you know, that's, we've never, never – I've never known it any any different. You know, we've mm-hmm. always 
every one of our kids have two positions, and not only do they do that, they're the punter, the kicker, the, the holder, the snapper, and you know, it's, we've coaches coach two positions, players play two positions. That's just the only thing we've ever known. So whereas Oak Grove spending two hours on, on one kid just practicing on one side of the ball, our kids are spending two hours and they're getting you know both sides plus special teams. So you know, it's, it's tougher when you're a smaller school. You got to play you know the same people. Coach, uh, what would you say if I ask? Well, I'm going to ask you, what do you need to improve on from here to week ten to get your team where you need to get them to make a good run for the Superdome? Um, well, first of all, I saw Mangum on film, and they're really, really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that cooler weather certainly helps when you're when you're playing a lot of kids both ways. And I just I think we're we're still making some mistakes that we've been making all year long that we've got to learn to eliminate you know when you get the turnovers that we got and the positions that we got you you got to capitalize on those and and uh we we didn't do that a few times tonight you know when you get the ball on the one foot line you gotta you gotta put the ball in yep so uh those kind of things are you know that's the kids played hard tonight you can't can't ask for anything anything more there you know it's hard fought game all the way to the end it was a win for Haynesville over oak grove and their head coach david franklin has been our guest coach we appreciate your time congratulations uh Look forward to talking with you down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Yes, thanks. You know, in the, the North Louisiana area, he mentions uh, Mangum, and uh, <laughs> I, I got a kick out of his his thought of what truly is Class 1A and whatnot. But um, there's a lot of competitive football. Haynesville is a name that you hear about when you talk start talking about yep. North Louisiana teams in that classification that make a run to the Superdome. Um, but it also goes back to playing both ways and what one or two injuries mean. That means four injuries. Right. You're considering right. the impact in some of these. Haynesville and Homer, remember, they're, they're what, 10, 10 miles apart maybe? Mm-hmm. That's old school. That, that's old school football at its best. So small town communities, that's mm-hmm. the best. How far are they from Transylvania? Ooh, I don't know. They're probably on the same latitude. <laughs> okay, we'll uh, get our State Farm Student Athlete of the Weekend. Oh, yes. State Farm, <laughs> OS. That's right. Sponsored by Brian Moe, Drew Dillio, Byron Gill, and Mitch Mueller. Our student athlete of the week comes from Bruley. He's a senior, Randall Matthews, 5'11, 180. Defensive back, wide receiver. Kick returner has a 3.5 GPA. Plays football, basketball, track, three sport athlete, 32 tackles on the year, tw- uh, three tackle for losses, three pass breakups, one punt return for touchdown. He's a team captain. He calls a defensive back calls and has played every position in the defensive backfield he's a three-year starter on the basketball and then after doing all that todd he leaves practice and he goes and serves as a manager at his part-time job you did it more scoreboard next the louisiana prep scoreboard show presented by lake urgent care and lake after hours on 104.5 espn baton rouge from the jamborees to the superdome Your source for the most up-to-date scores and stats is right here. Now, live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge studio, here's Todd Lack, Jimmy Roy, and Kate Wazan. Good evening and welcome to the week six edition of the Lakers here, Lake After Hours, Louisiana Prep School Board Show. Kate Wazan, Todd Black, and Jimmy Roy. Alongside our team from Ryan Kennedy on the audio board, Taylor Sharp producing video, Adam Skip Trayer helping us out with social media and reading scores. And if you're missing anything from scoreboards tonight, you can find a full scoreboard on Twitter at Louisiana Prep 
as well as the uh, ticker scrolling on the bottom of the screen. You can see that on your view, as well as the 104.5 ESPN YouTube channel. We'll break down what happened tonight in the northeast and uh, northwest corners of the state. But first, a full scoreboard highlighting some games from each region. And we'll start first in the capital city. The Capital City Scoreboard, cared for by Lake Urgent Care, Lake After Hours. Berwick defeats Donaldsonville 33-12, Calakai 58, Liberty 21, Denham Springs blanks Live Oak 33-0, Plaquemine over Burley 43-14, Scotlandville all over Central 53-27, East Ascension 28, Santa Ball 7, Dutchtown blanks Walker 27-0, and Zachary over Woodlawn 33-6. The Acadiana Scoreboard, pumped by peak performance. St. Charles over Abbeville, 29-13. Sulphur, a point better than Barb, 29-28. St. James, 46. Lake Charles College Prep, 27. Turlings Catholic, 30. Westgate, 22. Notre Dame, all over Lake Arthur, 63-14. Catholic New Iberia, field goal better than Ascension Episcopal, 20-17. Avoyles, 68 Oakdale 34, and St. Edmund beats North Central 49-8. The New Orleans Bayou scoreboard, served by walk-ons. John Curtis shuts out Archbishop Rommel 36-0. Newman over Bell Chase 23-20. Chalmette over East Jefferson 37-34. Onville over Thibodeau 49-20. Brother Martin defeats Jesuit 7-3. Riverside 35, St. Martin 7 East St. John 59, HL Bourgeois 7, and Archbishop Shaw 41, LB Landry 14. The North and Central Louisiana Scoreboard, insured by State Farm. Ruston, Oliver Alexandria 48-23, Haynesville 28, Oak Grove 21, Calvary 56, North Caddo 26, Washita 69, West Washita 7, Union Parish 56, North Webster 26, Carroll 26, Wasman 18, Gina 42, Marksville 6, and Franklin Parish 42, Grant 20. The North Shore Scoreboard, restored by Brock, the Baton Rouge Orthopedic Clinic. Bogalusa over Amy 20-14, Covington over St. Paul 37-14, Lakeshore over Solomon 35-26, Jewel Sunder 41, Slaughter 30, Franklinton 42, Archbishop Hannon 14, Ponchatoula 22, Mandeville 21, Slidell 32, Hammond 21, and North Lake Christian 42, Springfield 0. Welcome back to the week six edition of the Lake Urge Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep School Board Show. Thanks to everyone tuning in tonight. We look now at the North Louisiana area. If you missed anything from tonight, don't forget you'll find it on demand at 1045ESPN.com with the free ESPN Baton Rouge mobile app. Had a conversation with Haynesville coach David Franklin as his tornadoes get the win over Oak Grove tonight. But elsewhere in North Louisiana, we'll start first with Rustin getting the win over Ash, 48-23. Yeah, good night for uh, Rustin playing without their star running back. Dyson feels a little banged up. Uh not sure how long he's going to be out, but I talked with Coach Insminger up at Ruston this past week, and they turned over to Jordan Hayes, a sophomore running back, and he said he's a special guy too. He's just a little bit younger. But uh, good night 
couple of interceptions from Rustin turning the game around, and they had a good night passing from Jay Osborne, threw it about 15 times. Uh, very effective when they were able to throw it, throw a touchdown pass to the tight end, had a big night from their wide receiver again, Aaron Jackson, who got ejected last week for the most ludicrous call I've ever seen in my life. For, it was a little high-fiving a fan. For yeah. literally, and we had Coach Ball on last week, and he said it was for high-fiving. Todd was able to find the video of it, and it literally was for high-fiving three people. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't jumping up and down. It was just run by and boom, boom, boom. Yeah, he's doing the gritty. You're gone. <laughs> he should have done the gritty. <laughs> I, mean, I wonder, you know, can Skip do that? Three big touchdowns last week. Touchdown passes by Rustin was obviously yeah. one of the keys well, to beat Neville. And I think you've all, often talked about they p- need to put it in the air more. Well, you go back to Destrahan last year. If they were able to complete a couple deep balls in that game and they were getting a zero coverage look, which a lot of teams are going to do to them with their style of play and put extra people in the box. And if you take a couple shots and hit them, well, it's going to soften them up. And I think they've made a concentrated effort to throw it, not a lot, but a little bit. And when you do that and you're effective doing it, it takes a lot of pressure off of your offensive line and your run game. You, If you can throw it 15 times and you can complete 10 of them for 150, 200 yards, because you're going to have opportunities for big plays and, and zero coverage. So, But I've always said, too, sometimes, sometimes you don't have to complete them. Just show that you can right, do it. Right, you know? right. And then uh, – Carroll over Wassman, like we mentioned earlier, 26-13 in three overtimes. Coach Landers. 26-18. I mean, 26-18, three overtimes. That's called the Baby Bayou Classic. Um, Coach Landers in his first year up there. Carroll doing a really good job. They got that big win over Sterlington in, I think, week four, and they're the last undefeated team in that area. Calvary with a big win over North Caddo. North Caddo seems to play good until they play somebody. Yeah, they, they got a good receiver that can put up some points. Yeah. They don't punt the ball very well, but, uh, you know, that one against, I think, Neville went negative yards, but, uh, you know, got one good receiver. But And he was committed offensive. to LSU, changed his commitment. Omar, Omar, Omarion Miller committed to Nebraska. Now we'll see what happens with that deal up there. Benton, Todd, let's talk about that one. Benton, uh, Moves to three and three with a sixty-two to fifteen win over Natchitoches Central last week. They beat Bird sixty-three to twenty-eight. Going into this, their last three games, they were averaging fifty-eight. We talked about that last week. They had lost three in a row, averaging fifty-something, forty-something points, but they were giving up fifty, averaging forty-eight point six on the year. But one really cool thing they did tonight: Benton honored the Natchitoches Central fallen teammate Robert Walker. In the pregame, they had on some shirts with his numbers on the back, his name on the back, and the whole team had it and did their pregame warm-up with that. So first first class move by Benton to show some respect to that young man and his family. Uh, Gray Walters, who had the phenomenal night last week throwing for, I think he threw for eight touchdowns, has another big night, 351 yards, five touchdowns in the first half. And then Russell, the receiver, Pierce Russell, eight catches, 130 yards, three touchdowns in the first half. So I'm looking at they're three and three now. They're one. I know they lost to um, lost to Newman in Newman, a shootout, right? In school out of Texas, as well as yeah, I'm looking at out of Texas. Yeah, it's a Texas High, which sounds like a team Westside would play, but it's a real school. <laughs> yeah, Westside did win. And yeah, Texas High, Newman, and Airline were their three losses, I believe. What was the airline score? That had that was high, wasn't it? It was a 
There was no they scored a lot of points, but they've given up a lot of points. Airline won last night. Airline won last night. Tree, 42 to 14. And those two teams are going in opposite directions. Airlines won three in a row where Captain Shreve has lost three in a row. So, tell you a cool story. Mason Bearfield is a kicker for Airline. The score was 41 14, and evidently they had a prediction. Whoever could predict the score of the game would win 20 bucks. Well, he picked 42 14. It was 41-14, and they had they sent him out to kick the extra point to make it 42-14. <laughs> and he made it. So it was a, a pretty cool story. Uh, ben Taylor up there for those guys has played real well. He's over 1,500 yards on the season, threw for 267 last night. Parkway keeps rolling along up there. Coy Brotherton, uh, head coach over there, 6-0 with a big win. Ashton Martin, four touchdown passes. He's a Captain Shreve transfer quarterback playing far Parkway now. Another big win last night was uh, Washita Christian, 49-7 to over St. Frederick. St. Frederick coming in 4-1. and one. Both teams coming in were 4-1 and one last night, but Andy Robinson and Stephen Fitzhugh both do an outstanding job up there. Uh, Tate Hamby, junior wide receiver for Washita Christian, had a big night. He had four catches. 102 yards, a 48-yard punt return, and he had an interception. Nice night in North Louisiana. And look, St. Fred, they, they'd been playing well, but they had six or seven guys banged and out for the night. They started two freshmen and an eighth grader on defense. And when you're going up against mm-hmm. Landon Graves and that the guys over at Washita Christian, that's just not a good matchup. Now, speaking of the northwest part of the state, you know, the LHSA, in a way, is might be in a crossroads because you still have people complaining about, you know, like Coach Franklin was talking about, about uh, the attendance difference. Well, they don't realize what the attendance difference was, you know, in 2013. But could you imagine that they go and reverse this ruling and basically you're saying, we know that rule's not unfair, but we're going to make y'all play under it, but we're not? Could happen. It's it could happen, but I think at that particular point, that's a problem because if they're not willing to do something, they're forcing someone else to do. You're not else. doing it for the betterment. Was it four to four to? I mean, that's not the that's, that's not for what, the that's, equal and. Yep, that's the point of it, right. and that's you know, kind of in 2013, that's what they used. You know, it only passed with two divisions. The executive committee changed that whole proposal in 2013, but nobody had a problem with that. All they did here was change the definition, and it's like you. You know, you took their bottle away from them, and they're about six months old. Two more uh, local games th- from last night we need to get to. Also, Zachary on ESPNU yeah. was a 33-6 to winner over Woodlawn. Woodlawn scored first, go up 6 and nothing. Then after that, it was all Zachary scoring 33 unanswered. Eli Holstein wasn't expected to play, but he did come back. Uh, kind of a game-time decision. Running backs Cameron Thomas and Cameron Stewart combined for 184 yards. I thought – Penalty. How much did that help him having the running backs do what they did? Oh, it absolutely did because you could see early in the game they kind of babied him. Yeah. They babied Holstein. Or I think it's a babied him, but they were very cautious with him. They didn't yeah. want him to take the licks that he didn't. He was getting well, rid of the ball. Well, you said he was soft anyway. No, I, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they did a good job of play calling to help him out. Uh, Woodlawn had 11, 11 penalties. I thought the difference in the game was Tons, yeah. Zachary's defensive line against Woodlawn's offensive line is a mismatch. I I don't think there's as big of a talent gap as the score gap was. I think talent-wise, those two teams are a lot closer than the score. 
I just think Zachary's program at where they are right now is way ahead of what Woodlawn's yeah. program is. Now, Marcus Randall's done a really good job of trying to get it there, but they're just not in, in that. You can see why Ricky garners the attention he does because in the first half – when things would break down and he'd move, I mean, it was incredible to watch him kind of move and maneuver through and find someone that was open. And he's got tremendous talent. I know they got some guys back on the offensive line yesterday, but look, it, it's it's tough when you're going up against. It looked like Daniels from LSU last night. I wanted to. Um, I saw some comments about the field at Woodlawn, and I want to let people know that's not. Dutch, I mean, that's not Woodlawn's Correct. head coach. That is not Woodlawn's AD. That is not Woodlawn's principal. That's on EBR and whoever they outsource their um, their field maintenance to. Uh, they were supposed to get on it. They were two weeks late doing what they were supposed to do. That's why Woodlawn had to go to different fields to play their home games. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you make the comments, just understand the field was in better shape but not – Great shape for a national televised game, but it's not on Coach Randall, nor the AD, nor the principal. And the field did, to some credit, let's give him a little credit, it looked better than what it was, but it should have never got to that situation. Also, Denham Springs, 33, does nothing winner over Live Oak. Uh, this game was a lot closer, 7 nothing with three minutes left in the third quarter. They got a touchdown pass from Reese Mooney. And then Denham Springs got a pick six three plays later from Deshaun McBride. He had two pick six, one from 55 yards and one from 60 yards on the last play. A big news out of that, though, was running back Ray McNeely was also back from his injury. And Mooney played in the second half, so maybe we're going to see some more of uh, those two. That is a, from what I understand, is going to be a week-to-week decision. Mm-hmm. It's a competitive battle. It's, it's coaches' decisions. Yeah. Like we mentioned last week after the St. Thomas Moore game, uh, best man plays, and that's the way Coach Beard's approaching it. And look, Mooney can make every throw in the book. Soaking that sophomore. Yes, they 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 both are can play well. It's just going to be who wants it the most and who plays the best during during that week. Caden Boyer's another sophomore over there can play. Yeah, they got him coming everywhere. They you know, and they're about three weeks away from that first home game. They, they were scheduled for next week with Santa Monica. That game's going to be moved to Walker, from what I understand. There's a, they're looking at week 10 now. There's a possibility of week 9 being at home. Yeah. And you want that so bad for the seniors to play at your home field. Yeah. New stadium, new everything. From what I'm told, it should be real cool. So we'll take a timeout. We'll get back. More scores coming your way. And Mark Bonus. We're looking for a conversation with um, Brother Martin. Brother Martin's head coach, Mark Bonus. When we get back here on the uh, week six edition of the Lake Urge Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep Scoreboard Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge in your view. Welcome back to the week six edition of the Lake Urge Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep Scoreboard Show. Cade Wazan, Todd Black, and Jimmy Roy get you caught up on a uh, scoreboard check in just a bit. But I believe we're going to jump back on the Cardinal Financial Hotline. We join a victorious head coach, Mark Bonus, uh, thanks so much for spending a couple of minutes with us tonight, Coach. We uh, always appreciate you on Louisiana Prep School Board. Well, yes, sir. Thank you for thank you for having me, Coach. What a battle tonight! Zero zero at half, seven to three final. Just a good old Catholic League slugfest, right? <laughs> yes, sir. It was a good old fashioned football game and a good old fashioned Catholic League football game. So, 
you know, two, you know, two teams really battled, you know, battled their tails off. And I'm just uh, really proud of our guys. Um, I mean, the, the way they, they, they found a way to pull through different adversity that they, that they face and they found a way to win. So really proud and happy for our guys. How is, how is Tory Lambert? I know he missed a couple of weeks. Uh, I noticed the stats didn't change. And then I saw where he had an ankle injury. How is he now? He's doing, he's doing well. We, we've been, he had a, had a high ankle sprain. I want to say week two, we were just very, uh, wanted to be very cautious with him, you know, for, for, for us. And, but most importantly for him with his future. Um, so, you know, we, we, uh, gave him or he was basically off for two and a half weeks and, and we kind of slowly brought him back. We've had some great production from one of our, you know, from two running backs, Jordan West and, uh, a, a young running back, um, in Sydney Harris, sophomore. And he has both those two guys have done a great job. And Sydney has, has taken more of the reps than Jordan. Um, you know, Jordan has played receiver for us. So we've had some some young guys who have stepped up and uh, have done a great job for us in the absence of Tory. Uh, but but as you've seen, Tory came back and he, he had a he looked he looked good tonight. Uh, still probably not a hundred percent, but he's very close. Uh, so we're we're really excited about about you know the future next couple of weeks of, of truly having him. And, you know, having him at 100% and then having, you know, provider having having created some depth at the position. Coach, I'm sitting here looking at your schedule, and, um, you know, all you guys down there have a brutal 10 games for the most part. And, you know, you're talking about sophomores out here against these guys that, you know, are, are really good football teams. They don't have a choice but to grow up and grow up fast. <laughs> We 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 have six we have six freshmen playing for us right now. Are you Starting serious? We do, and uh, we and we do it every year. You know, I mean, we have you know, we have several guys. We have I think six or seven uh, seniors that are four year starters for us. Um, and so you know, year in year out, we we try to provide that you know that mixture of you know experience and younger guys, and it, it's worked well for us. Um, you know, so it's. Uh, you know, for for us, it really has worked well. It, it, it's it's been a little bit easier, or you, your mind's at ease prior to this year because you know you were going to playoffs. You know, and right. and now you know. Then week two, you find out. Well, hey, guess what? Uh, you got to you know you got you got to sit there, and there's only 24 teams making the playoffs. You know, but it's uh, so the, the way we look at things in the future may change a little bit. But I mean, we we have found a lot of success of playing young guys early if they're mentally you know mentally and physically mature enough to handle it. You mentioned uh, a few four-year starters. If I'm not mistaken, your entire defensive front is basically four-year starters, correct? That's correct. Yes, sir. Three, our three defensive linemen and our, and our Mike linebacker, which you know our defense has been stellar and outstanding. Maybe the up front, you know, maybe up front with our backers and D line, maybe the best group I've ever been a part of. Um, and then, I mean, those guys. I mean, they they've been outstanding this year. They have kept us in games. They've They've uh, allowed the guys that are inexperienced in the secondary, uh, who's a good group, is a very athletic group, but inexperienced group. They've allowed them to grow up. They played extremely well tonight, and they're allowing us to kind of go through our, our growing pains of inexperience and youth, you know, on offense at, at, at this time. Another thing that I find unique about y'all, if I'm not mistaken, is most high schools have a hard time finding a legit tight end. You have two of them. We have four. Four, okay. <laughs> okay. We, 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 we have four, and we have two receivers that also we, we, we use as tight ends, so we actually play at times. With, we have six in a start rotation, you know, uh, just at different spots and different things we want to do. That's who we are. Uh, we, you know, we're, we have been, and I've got the film to prove that we have been an RPO team since 
before that name was even uh, before that name was even you know made famous. You know, we've we've been doing that since probably 2005, 2006, and we've always found that you know the RPO the RPO stuff's better uh, with multiple tight end sets than it is in, in you know ten personnel, eleven personnel, um, and that's that that's benefit. That's how we feel, you know, and so we have always pride ourselves in, in grooming our tight ends, and and the tight end is is an extremely extremely important part of our you know of our offense you know we have one of them that's you know speaks for himself I mean he's playing in the NFL right now uh he's kind of, he kind of made the position famous you know for us here Irv Smith uh but yeah tight end the tight end spot is uh is a, is a key position for us within our within our you know on our in our program and and within our offense Todd you know that I love the ace personnel or ace set with two tr- true tight ends two wide receivers you're in a balance set two by two with one running back it opens up so many things. You can still run your smash. You can still run your out and you go your curl rails. It, it it's, it's basically a spread offense, but with two tight ends, and you still have a hat on a hat for the run game. So what? what yep. But that leads me to my next question, Coach. Is uh, did you get kind of spoiled with your quarterback for the last several years? Nothing against uh, Leonardo, huh? Four year starter. Yep. Leonardo's yep. replaced. I mean, as as a offensive coordinator they can make you really comfortable because you know if you screw up or do something they're going to be able to correct you but with a new face out there it's a little bit different because he's kind of trying to figure you out you're trying to figure him out and uh i think you probably found yourself spoiled but uh obviously you're up to the task of uh teaching lenardo is it lenardo it is yes sir yeah i mean obviously having garrett within our program for you know, uh, he started, I think, the last three or four games of, of his freshman year all the way through his senior year. So you're basically a four-year star at that spot. Uh, I can tell you what it allowed me to do is it allowed me to, to and, and our offensive staff, to, to kind of cater towards other spots, you know, other, other positions, uh, you know, because he, he knew the things inside and out. Clayton's the same way, right? Or Clayton is close to that. But it's still, you know, he he's been playing quarterback. He had a he had an outstanding season as a thousand yard receiver last year. Great athlete, and he's he is a quarterback. It's him just getting comfortable mm-hmm. around the youth. You know, I've got I've got a freshman receiver starting. I've got two sophomore receivers starting. So it's just getting him, you know, as as being somewhat inexperienced, comfortable around youth, and and we're close. Um, but but the timing, especially with the RPO stuff, I mean, it's, everything for us is is so rhythm based, and it's uh, we're close, but but uh, we still ha- we still do have a long way to go. But it, it's them trusting one another and having confidence in one another, and that's uh, that's key for us moving you know moving forward you know with the rest of the season. I was going to ask you because uh, I have a theory on it, but when you have RPO and you have a younger quarterback, do you kind of let him start crawling? And then, kind of gradually add in. Is the more comfortable he gets, the more you add? <laughs> no, not really. We, <laughs> if you ask our young quarterbacks right now, they like they they, they look they're like Jesus. What do, what do we get ourselves into? Because we throw them into it, we throw them all into it as early as possible. We're throwing. I mean, it, it, hey, good luck. And it's it's ugly. You know, it's ugly. Um, you know, when 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 Garrett was a freshman, he was like, oh my goodness, you know, what are we doing? And then. Right. Fast forward, you know, it doesn't take long, you know. I mean, you know, it's just it's just doing it over and over and over. Um, but then once they – it's like riding a bike. Once they get it, you know, once they understand, okay, hey, well, as long as you have great eye discipline and you can explain why you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. I'm never going to question, you know, hey, okay, you made a decision. Hey, you got the, you got the final decision. You're the point guard. 
you're making those decisions, but be able to tell me the why and be able to have great eye discipline. You know, that's to me, that is the number one deal is eye discipline. And even if he makes a bad play, if he can tell you, if he makes logic, common sense out of what he did, hey, right? I've always told mine, you can, you can check anytime you want to, but you better tell me why you did it. I don't care the result. If you could tell me why you did it, I'm okay with it. I tell him that, but he just better not make that big mistake in a game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that sounds great before game night, right? Yeah. Uh, he, poor Clayton came off the field at night like, what are you doing? And he looked at me and said, Coach, you said you weren't going to yell at me. I, I got a great reason. I said, all right, I'll stop. You know, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that all sounds practical. Yeah, it sounds great, you know. But, uh, no, but that, that, I mean, that's right. I mean, it's – look, it's uh, I'm a big believer. I've always been a big believer that – you know this as, as a coach, like you're sitting there trying to pick up tendencies. You're trying to do this. I want to get and, and you're never you're never going to be 100 percent like in calling the plays. You know, calling an offense or calling the defense. So our number one goal is to give our guys the pen last. You know, that's like like you know this. If you're if you're in, in the if I'm sitting there having a debate with a defensive coach in my office, if I have the pen last on the board, I'm winning. <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's what I want to be able to do to my, to our guys on the field. I want to be able to give our quarterback the pen last. You know, and uh, if we're able to to teach them the whys and listen to them and kind of learn from them wh- why they're doing things, it's a it's a you know it's a trust deal. He's got to know why that we're calling things, and I've got to know what he's thinking. Um, it's it's a it's 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 a long process, but when when you're on the same page, it's really it really is a thing of beauty. You know, watching watching your quarterback go be a you know being a point guard, you know point point guard in football, you know on offense. Well, coach, we appreciate. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. I mean, I'll tell you this. We're, I mean, shoot, we're ninety-five percent, ninety-seven percent. Our runs are RPOs, so our quarterback's making, you know, pre, you know, one to two pre-snap reads and and you know, one to two post-snap reads on on ninety-seven percent, you know, ninety-five to nine percent, seven percent of our runs. I had zero RPOs when I played, and I had no. <laughs> Control. I was just handing the ball off. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> it's changed a whole lot, though, was my point. And uh, you got to have a special guy back there to be able to handle all that. And obviously, you had in the years past, and you do again this year. Yes, sir. Well, he, he, you know, all those guys, all the guys that have come through our program, I can say this I've been blessed with great hard workers. And that's, I mean, that's really what, you know, we're, we've been blessed here recently with great athletes who are hard workers. Um, but I can tell you this, every, my, my room, cause, cause you know, I'm coaching quarterbacks along with my OC, um, my room throughout the, through the course of years as being a coach, I've been very blessed to, to coach great young men, you know, great character, young men and great character, young men that really work hard. Well, coach, we appreciate your time and man, we really look forward to following, uh, as we continue into, uh, further into district nine, five, a play. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, Look forward to talking to y'all here in, in the near future, okay? Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Thank y'all. All right. Great conversation uh, with Coach, and it's a great point, you know, from Coach Black, from a quarterback and a quarterback coaching perspective, what that young man or center gives you at a comfort level. He's an extension of you if he's a three- or four-year starter. The new guy, you're, you're, you're both trying to learn each other and figuring out what you can and can't do. Well, you know, GB and I have talked about this, and today – Coaches allow their quarterbacks, in his particular instance, 97% of the time to make the decision on the play. I mean, 
That's a lot of responsibility. That's asking a lot. It's asking a lot. And, you know, uh, um, obviously, people have different theories and how they do it. He's obviously had success, but uh, it's just, you know, that's what, you know, like you said, he wants to have his quarterback have the pin last. I think right before uh, Darnell said something about we don't lose, we learn, or some some little. Just less. No losses, just less. Right. And that's why I love doing this. Getting those little small things like that's fun. Yeah. Okay, before we go to break, I got to do it. I know y'all know him. Good friend of ours on the show who used to come every week to eat pizza with us was uh, Justin Juice. Yep. Stewart wanted us to tell him hello. He's What's up, Juice? Juice, so. Juice is a Told legend. Told him I would. Man. Juice was a legend, man. Every every week over uh, over there at Schlitz, he would Schlitz. hang out with us and would prevent. Sideline passes. It was, was kind of like spring. security. He would sit by the door and make sure we're kind of regulating doorman. That's right. So. He always asked me if juice. I was in trouble. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a timeout. We get back more scores. We'll dive deep a little bit into the New Orleans region when we return on this week six edition of the Lake Urgent Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep Scoreboard Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and your view. The Capital City Scoreboard. Cared for by Lake Urgent Care. Lake After Hours. Berwick 33, Donaldsonville 12, Catholic High Baton Rouge 58, Liberty 21. Denham Springs shuts out Live Oak 33-0, Plaquemine over Brulee 43-14, Scotlandville 53, Central 27, East Ascension defeats Santa Mall 28-7, Dutchtown blanks Walker 27-0, and Zachary 33, Woodlawn 6. The Acadiana scoreboard, pumped by peak performance. St. Charles over Abbeville, 29-13. Sulphur, 29. Barb, 28. St. James over Lake Charles College Prep, 46-27. Curling's Catholic, 30. Westgate, 22. Notre Dame, 63. Lake Arthur, 14. Catholic New Iberia, 20. Ascension Episcopal, 17. Avoyles, 68. Oakdale, 34. And St. Edmund, 49. North Central, 8. The New Orleans Bayou Scoreboard, served by Walk-Ons. John Curtis shuts out Rummel, 36-0. Newman over Bell Chase, 23-20. Chalmette, 37. East Jefferson, 34. Onville over Thibodeau, 49-20. Brother Martin defeats Jesuit, 7-3. Riverside, 35. St. Martin, 7. East St. John, Oliver H.L. Bourgeois, 59-7. And Archbishop Shaw, 41, L.B. Landry, 14. The North and Central Louisiana scoreboard, insured by State Farm. Ruston over Alexandria, 48-23. Ainsville over Oak Grove, 28-21. Calvary, 56. North Caddo, 26. Washita, 69. West Washita, 7. Union Parish over North Webster, 56-26. Carroll, 26, Wassman, 18, Gina, all over Marksville, 42 to 6, Franklin Parish, 42, Grant, 20. The North Shore Scoreboard, restored by Brock, the Baton Rouge Orthopedic Clinic. Bogalusa defeats Amy, 20 to 14, Covington over St. Paul, 37 14, Lakeshore, 35, Salmon, 26, Jewel Sumner, 41, Slaughter, 30. Franklinton, 42. Archbishop Hannon, 14. 
Ponchatoula over Mandeville, 22-21. Slidell, 32. Hammond, 21. And North Lake Christian, 42. Springfield, 0. Thanks to Skip getting our scores throughout the night. Also putting them on Twitter at Louisiana Prep. At Louisiana Prep is where you want to follow. Make sure you follow at Louisiana Prep to get scores throughout the night. Not just the uh, highlights from the region, but scores from around the state. A full scoreboard also appears on the bottom line ticker. If you're watching on the 104.5 ESPN YouTube channel or on your view. Taking a look back at the New Orleans area from tonight. A couple of scores that stood out. Um, Newman had an early lead. Bell Chase raced out in that third quarter, got a couple of quick scores and made it a contest, but Newman came away with the win 23-20. And uh, a game that maybe wasn't as surprising as far as who won, well, but surprising in the in the margin of victory, John Curtis over Rummel, 36 nothing. Yeah, as far as Newman goes, 43-yard touchdown pass from Manning with 212 left in the game. How That's, many did he have at halftime, though? You told me 50? Or was that yeah, about 50, 50 yards, yards passing? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that's two wins now for Newman over Division One non-select teams, counting Honville back from Week One. Again, Jesuit over Rummel, thirty-six and nothing. Uh, Jesuit's only losses to Zachary in Week Two. Rummel coming off Curtis's of the, only loss. I mean, Curtis's only loss. Uh, Rummel lost to Scotlandville last week when Scotlandville stopped the two-point conversion. We talked about Brother Martin, Saint Martin. Closing the gap a little on Riverside in the past couple of years, but Riverside with a big win tonight, 35-7. to um, E.D. White and Patterson. Patterson, both teams coming in at 4-1. and E.D. White, a 56-10 to winner in that game. Patterson has the leading quarterback as far as stats go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kalen Davis had 1,900 yards coming in. The leading wide receiver in the state with 931 was Howard Kinchin. Uh, but – They've been averaging 47 a game, but their opponent's record for Patterson, and here we go back again. Yep. The teams they have played are 5-20 and 20 through five weeks of football. So they hadn't played very many good teams. E.D. White coming in, allowing 11.2. We know their defense returns a lot of guys from playing in the state championship game against you high. Uh, their they opponents hold, are probably pretty – They hold them to 10. Yeah, they've played – their only loss was a, a game that they had to lead in in the fourth quarter against Woodlawn. Another one kind of on the North Shore, Bogalusa and they meet. Bogalusa comes away with a 20 to 14 win. They were up 20 to nothing at half. They meet had to run that at the end. Uh, Coach Powell had an interesting story going through uh, having to put a pacemaker in. His son, he, he missed the first week of the season. First two weeks, come back, coached a couple weeks on the press box, got back on the field last week as his first time, and then his son gets injured and ends up being out for the rest of the year. Just a crazy story with him. Uh, I think Robin wrote that. I didn't yeah. know it until I read that. Right. Great That's story. No so, and he's also the point guard on the basketball team. He injured his patella tendon, and he's done for the season. So I want to wish the Powell family uh, best of luck also. You know, and this is not the area we're talking about, but I wanted to a minute ago. But, all right, West Washita came in tonight against Washita. Washita was, I think, two and three. And West Washita was four and one, and sixty nine to seven. Washita won. That's another. But who had West Washita played? That's now, right. They struggled in the past, so their coach is trying to schedule some wins. And every coach has a different reason for scheduling, right? And why they schedule. If you got you're an established program, 
you try to schedule tougher and and play the play the big boys. And if you're building a team, you want to try to schedule you some wins. And if you start winning, you get community involved. You get more people to the games. You may pick up ten kids in the off season who walk in the halls that can help you just because you won some ball games. So, yeah, West Washington, they lost last week to uh, – It was North Caddo by a point. Yeah. So Sim- – Similar to uh, maybe Slaughter Charter playing Joel Sumner this week, picking it up a little bit. I don't know. Well, Slaughter Charters, you know, they got a first-year coach. Yeah. And school hasn't been around very long. Right. But you said it, he was it, soft too. <laughs> Oh, man. Todd is trying to get me in trouble. Let's go to Acadiana. <laughs> okay, so a game in Acadiana I uh, wanted to bring up. Oh, we talked to the coach last week, but still, you got to give give its due. Where, credit, give credit where credit is due. Uh, St. James over Lake Charles Prep, 46-27. Mm-hmm. Another impressive win for Coach Davis. They are rolling along pretty well. Their only loss was to East St. John in week one, mm-hmm. and that was a one-score game. So yeah, they're uh, they're playing really well right now. Acadiana lost week one to uh, Lafayette Christian, and since then they've outscored their opponents by an average of fifty three to seven. They win fifty to sixteen tonight. Mm-hmm. They're another team, Todd, running that veer offense that have made a concentrated effort on throwing the football early. They've actually changed their quarterback. They started going with Caden DeBetta, uh, and they have their returner back from last year, but. They're trying to throw the football, and they're doing a good job of it. Karen Crow Lafayette, a high-scoring game, 40-30. to 30. Uh, Again, you look at schedules. Karen Crow's played people. Both teams 4-1. and one. Karen Crow has played people. Lafayette has not. Uh, I mean, that's just the way it is. The only team that Lafayette had played with a winning record was Acadiana a couple weeks ago, and that was like a 50-6 to six ball game. St. Charles gets the win over Abbeville before we go to break. And interesting, it seemed like a change at quarterback. I'm not sure what happened there. but they, on, they... that, Aiden off the mind, he has to be hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a three-year starter. I, I'm just assuming. I, I don't know. Right. We'll have to reach out to Coach Stein and, and find out. But when I was looking through stats and doing some research, research for the show, their numbers were very familiar. Hayden was 23 of 33 with 372. And then Brady Pierre has played the last couple of games. He's thrown for 318 yards with 28 completions, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Aiden had threw four touchdowns, no interceptions. And so I'm just assuming that he has to have an injury right now. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll find out more information, and we'll get back here in just a couple of minutes to wrap up tonight's show. It's the Week 6 edition of the Lake Urgent Care Lake After Hours Louisiana Prep School Board Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and your view.